Bible podcast. We hope you'll enjoy this message by Pastor Joey Bonifacio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's segment of Meditating on the Word of God. And as you know, we began a series in the month of February on knowing Jesus. And we began this series based on Matthew chapter 1. And last few weeks, we went to chapter 2, 3, and 4, and 5. And finally, now we arrive at Matthew chapter 6. Now, Matthew chapter 6 is a very long chapter. It's actually one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. And we're going to take a snippet out of Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Goes on to continue in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And finally, we arrive at verse 25 where it says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Jesus is tackling this idea of worry in these verses. The title of this message is The Reality of Worry. The reality of worry being my first point is that we all worry about something. And for a good reason. Life is so tentative. There's so many moving parts. There's so many things that can happen in one day, let alone a week, a month, a year, or the next 10 years. And many times we worry ahead of time because we're concerned and the reality is we do not feel like we have some level of control. Which why one of the first worries to think about is money. Because money is our top worry because we have happened to have this notion that if we have a lot of it, we can control things or rather we can buy things. We can buy uh, our influence. We can buy the things we need, the food, the things that we worry about. Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, as we've just read, talks about this idea of money before he talks about worry. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one or love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The capacity of money to become God is what he's talking about. There is that very strong possibility that if you rely on money, it can replace God in your life because you have this tendency to think that it will solve all your problems. And so when the money does not arrive or you don't see enough of the money or let alone put the money in the bank and think that it will save you, You've begun to realize it's not able to do that. Hence, the idea of worry. No one can serve two masters. Money will enslave you. It will not get you to the place where you're going to be secure. And it will get you to the place where you're going to be willing to do anything to be able to get that money. Worse, you will hate one and be devoted to the other. In short, you will be split in half. You will lose your integrity. Integrity simply means being whole, being one, wherever the case may be and wherever you find yourself in. When money becomes your slave, you'll either hate one or hate God or hate relationships and fall in love with money and be devoted to it. Because that's what it says. You will be devoted to money and despise the other. It will split you in half. It make you indecisive. It will make you lose your integrity because money ultimately is our top worry. The second thing that we worry about is our health. We find that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, where Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Do not worry about what you will eat or drink. That has something to do with your health. If you don't have food, 
If you're not drinking the right stuff, it will affect your health. Or about your body, that's your health. And what you will wear, how you cover yourself. Is not life more than food and your body more than clothes? Therefore, again, he says, do not worry. He emphasizes this idea of worry, particularly in this area of our health. Is not more, he's asking you this question. Recently, a week ago, my brother, who's younger than I am, passed away. He's 58 years old. I'm turning 67. And I want to tell you and just be honest with you, it worried me. <laughs> if a young man at 58 can die ahead of me and somebody who's related to me, that's very possible with me. And the truth of the matter is my brother had no disease. It came out of nowhere. He just had a cardiac arrest and died in bed. And immediately, I had fear. I had worry. Is there something about me? And that's the reality. The reality is we will have fears and we will have worries. When I took my flight, that still was still bothering me because health is our next worry. When I landed, I was still worried about the same thing. Our health is our next worry. The reality of worry is it's all around us. Money, inflation, deflation, uh, things that happen in the economy, our health, these cause us to worry. And that's why Jesus is addressing it for us. Finally, we also worry about our own relationships. It's interesting that when my brother passed out, well, passed away rather, my siblings do not want to tell my 92-year-old mother about it. They had to wait for me to get to the Philippines to be able to sit down with my mother and tell her the truth. Their fear was she might get into shock and something might happen to her, and they themselves were worried about the result of that in, with our mother. And I, too, had to face the fact that that was possible. In the meantime, I had to go and face my mother and tell her the truth. It was worrisome. That entire week, last week, was a very worrisome week. When I finally landed back in, in Singapore and I was at the airport having lunch with my wife, Marie, this particular picture means a lot to me as I took the picture and she was smiling at her meal because I was now worried that something might happen to my wife. Fact of the matter is, worry will never leave us. Matthew chapter 6, verse 26 tells us how to solve that. It says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap nor store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not more valuable than they are? Jesus is posing yet another question. Yes, it's true that there are things we worry about. Yes, it's true that we worry about our money. It's true that we worry about our health. It's true that these things are worrisome. But then he poses this question. Do you realize how valuable you really are? Because that's the key to breaking the habit of worry. My second point is the reality of your value. Jesus said, do you know how valuable you are? And the key to eliminating worry in our lives, not completely eliminating it, but setting it aside is to know how valuable we are, that God values us immensely. How do you do that? Well, to start with, look at the birds of the air. In other words, change your perspective. Make this a practice. They do not sow nor reap. In other words, they don't work for it. They don't plant. They don't harvest. They just are supplied by God. He goes on to say, are you not more valuable than they are? Settle this in your heart. Make it a practice as often as you can to look at the birds of the air. Have you ever seen birds sitting on a live wire, electric wire, without any worry and without any care? And if God values them and takes care of them, wouldn't he naturally take care of us? 
How do you overcome worry? First one is to know how valuable you are. Settle that and change your perspective. Be aware that God values you so much that he gave you Jesus who was most valuable to him. Matthew chapter 6 verse 27 goes on. Can you one day, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? He's saying, he's posing another question. Answer this question. The fact of the matter is you and I can't. In the wake of my brother, I made the point that the end of life or living under the, 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 the heavens in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 tells us that this reality of life playing things in our lives is worrisome. But the fact of the matter is no matter how hard we try, we cannot add another single hour to our life by worrying. Jesus instead tells us, why do you worry about your clothes? Do you see how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor. They don't spin. And yet here, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his beautiful clothes was dressed like one of these. God is taking care of them. God is giving them life. When we change our perspective, look at the birds of the air, look at the flowers, see for ourselves how valuable we are. Is that not how God clothes the grass of the field? which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith, who chooses to worry instead of looking at the perspective that God is giving us? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? These are the things we worry about. Instead, he says, for the pagans run after these things and yet your heavenly father knows what you need. My third point is don't run after these things because God knows exactly what you need. Know how valuable you are in God. Change your perspective and know and take away the worry by looking at the birds of the air, looking at nature, looking at God God has preserved for thousands of years the existence of creation and you are at the pinnacle, the very thing that God created to be his masterpiece. Change your perspective and finally, Stop running after all these things that have no value. When you've arrested that, you arrive at point number three, the reality of the kingdom of God. God so values you that he wants you to be part of his kingdom. A kingdom is where a king sits. When you're inside the kingdom, the king takes care of you. The more you understand the reality that the kingdom of God does exist on earth as it is in heaven, that's what he said. Give us their daily bread. When you pray, give us their daily bread and forgive us. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That's the Lord's prayer. When you pray that prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done. The reality of God's kingdom in your life takes away the worry finally. Change your perspective. Know the reality of the kingdom of God. Pray that prayer every day. The Bible says, do not worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Make your request known to God. And the peace of God that stems out of his kingdom will give you surpassing peace that surpasses all human understanding. Finally, we see in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things you're worrying about will give it to you, be given to you as well. The food you need, the health you need, and that's exactly what I did. I began to seek first the kingdom of God. What does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God. Well, to seek first really means three things. Chronology, first means the first thing. 
prominence. First means the highest thing. And finally, foremost, it's the top of your mind. <laughs> when you have prominence is the thing that you see as often as you can, as often as you need to, foremost means that's the biggest one. It's like, what's the tallest mountain in the world? Mount Everest. There's no discussion. <laughs> it is by far the tallest mountain. It's the foremost. It's the most prominent, the one that you see the most, and it's your first choice. When you get up in the morning, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek it first chronologically. Seek it first for its prominence. Put it in front of you and know that it's ultimately the foremost, most valuable, most important thing in your life. And that kingdom of God's presence will kill that worry in your life. Secondly, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. There's seeking first his kingdom. And notice the Bible, or Jesus himself, separates the idea of his kingdom and his righteousness. What does it mean to seek first his kingdom? Seeking first his kingdom is about his rulership, his lordship, our obedience becomes the foremost thing in our life. His rulership, he is the lord of our lives. He's the king. We say, yes, sir. And we don't just say that. He is Lord of our life. He is our master, not money, not anything, but he alone. And thus, we obey him. That's what it means to seek first the kingdom of God. But then it also says, seek first not just his kingdom, but his righteousness. His righteousness deals with his character, his nature, his ways. It deals with embracing and desiring and loving God. When we put the reality of the kingdom of God before us, we're seeking it first in terms of its chronology, its prominence, its preeminence. It is the foremost thing in our life. When we say the kingdom of God, it's his rulership, it's his lordship. And when we say his righteousness, we're seeking after his nature, his character, his ways. It's about not just obeying him, but embracing, desiring, and loving him. Now notice where it finally ends in verse 33. If you do these things, all these things will be added to you or given to you as well. Let me summarize this short message. First, the reality of worry. Nobody's saying there's nothing to worry about. Money will be your top worry. Your health will be your next worry. Your relationships will add to those worry because they need money and they need to be healthy as well. It's a reality, but you can break that pattern by the reality of knowing how valuable you are. Knowing how valuable you are changes your perspective by seeing the birds of the air, the plants in the field, and stop running after what's less valuable. Instead, know the reality of the kingdom of God. Seek God first, chronologically, in terms of prominence, in terms of preeminence. The kingdom of God, the fact that he's king and lord and master of your life, and you want to obey him. And finally, his character, his nature, his ways, his love. This is his righteousness. Join me in a short word of prayer as you pick up a piece of bread and a cup and proclaim Jesus, the Lord of our lives, and the one who actually told us these words. Lord Jesus, thank you that you're teaching us not to worry. Instead, to fix our eyes on you, to know that we have access to the kingdom of God in heaven. Help us to have a perspective that knows that you love us and that you value us. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Thank you for listening to the Every Nation Singapore podcast. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. For more information, visit everynation.org.sg.